Welcome to Rewild My Bio, a self-help and alternative health podcast. I'm your host, Sean Slade. Join me as I share stories, science, and strategies to help you rewild your biology and redefine your biography. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Rewild My Bio. I'm your host, Sean Slade. Thank you so much for being here with me today for this very special episode. It is episode 25, and I am super stoked to have that many in the bank. And uh, I'm just so grateful for all the listeners out there who have been increasing ever since this show started. So thank you to all of you out there who have, uh, you know, subscribed, have downloaded, listened to an episode, who have shared it with a friend, because when I say it, I guess some of you out there are actually doing it. So I appreciate you, each and every one. Even if you haven't done that, thanks for tuning in. Today, what we're doing is something I've never actually done before. And that is a podcast update. And I'm 25 episodes deep. I thought, why not do this? I have other things to talk about as well. So for you guys, a little agenda for today. We're going to do an update on all things podcast, logistics, talk about some social media changes in the works, and then we're going to get into the land. Well, actually, before that, we're going to talk about my PhD research and forest therapy a little bit, which I'm excited to touch on that briefly. But then I'm going to talk about the land and the crazy couple weeks I just had up there stranded. I'll say no more right now, put a pin in that for later. And then I'm also going to comment on the social justice movement that's happening right now as well as the Black Lives Matter movement and just all things that are going on with protests. I've been honestly off the grid um, for weeks. It seems like when these protests started on Saturday, I was out in nature every time. So it's funny how the universe just so happened to have that happening because I had the urge or the call. I don't know necessarily a call, but more so the urge from an ego standpoint, from my personality to be there and definitely support these movements because... Um, it's an important thing to do, I believe. And that's what this platform is always about. So I will touch on that at the end. But anyways, back to the podcast update. I have a ritual before almost every podcast, pretty much for most podcasts, I will have a, uh, I will smoke tobacco and that will help essentially get me in the zone for this. So I have a pipe that is sacred to me and I will light that in a uh, ceremonial way before almost every episode. This episode being a little different and seeing as I've just been away from the mic, I had to get on it and I had a couple weeks full of ceremony and just communing with myself, with the land, with my family, with my brothers, with my friends and their family. And honestly, I just feel so blessed to be in this position. I kind of think back at uh, where this podcast has taken me since starting and I've had so many great opportunities. I've had so many opportunities to talk with great people and that's really expanded um, my mind and been allowing me to incorporate things within this rewilding lifestyle that I don't think I would have been able to without this experience. So I'm just so grateful for this opportunity um, and again this platform. So anyway, that's my little segue into saying what's going to happen, what's going to change I guess going forward as we get into above the quarter 100 or a quarter century. Is it a quarter century? I guess it's like if a hundred is a century, then, you know, it's a quarter century. But anywho, um, I could geek out on the number aspect of this very much. But anyways, um, I'm going to start on the, on the aspect of weekly episodes. I'm going to start going bi-weekly for a little bit. And I, uh, not something I really want to do because I, I feel like picking up steam and that, of course, I'm biased, but I feel like these episodes are getting better. And I know I've said this, like, I think like five episodes in, oh, I'm finding my niche, but no, I'm probably still finding it for some time here. So I appreciate anybody with the feedback as always and to, as to how I can get better. So that said, I am going to go every other week and mainly that's because of my research. So I'm at the point where I have to basically put the blinders on in regards to how I allocate my time and resources, and I'm just in the phase of writing right now. So once I kind of switch gears and put those writing blinders on, it's harder for me to make content here through 
this platform, especially so like say uh, solo episodes, when it comes to prepping for all my guests, I put a lot of work into that like I would put a lecture. And there's nothing that makes me shine brighter than speaking to whether it be big groups, small groups, but, um, you know, in the flow of, yeah, creating content and disseminating knowledge. So especially in the field of health promotion, which is where my research lies. So anyways, I realize that I have to focus there right now. So I'm excited to do that. And I'm excited to see what actually comes of that for you guys. And this is kind of me, I guess, in the last six months getting my feet wet into this whole podcast production thing. If you've been listening from the start, I've even done full podcasts on my disdain for certain technologies. So again, the paradox is everywhere in that I'm, uh, you know, podcasting to rewild. So I have to learn these technologies and I feel like I've done a great job. Um, so I should give myself some credit there. And, um, but yeah, anyways, what I'm doing now is pulling back from the podcast piece and putting my effort into that content. I've always envisioned rewildmybio.com to have a lot more content for you guys and a lot better of a newsletter, if I say so myself. So by going inward and kind of doing that hermit research thing, which I guess there's no better time for me to do that than right now, given the craziness of this world and what big, you know, what big of a topic or what the entirety of everything pandemic and uh, all the social justice movement going right now, there's a lot to pick off of and it's going to shape the world that we live in for some time, especially so this show, given its focus on nature connection, which I feel like um, we've kind of lost touch with at least over the last few months with the whole quarantine and shelter in place stuff. Anyways, um, where was I going with all this? Basically, yeah, my way of saying that when the podcast comes back online, weekly is going to be the norm as I have always planned, but I'm also going to have a newsletter for you guys that's going to be full of the content that I think I have talked about and promised in episodes past. So just having more resources for you guys, I'm going to start doing Patreon. This is another, uh, I guess, a segue into, yeah, just overall the cost of doing a podcast. It's, it's a thing. And I'm happy to be able to bootstrap this whole project myself. And I see it fitting into all things rewilding that I plan on doing with the land and with my PhD research. So and all things writing in that. So that said, um, I want to have Patreon as a way that uh, can kind of hope, hopefully help fund this endeavor so that um, you, the paying subscriber, would be able to actually have annotated bibliographies, more connection with me in regards to all things curriculum that I am essentially or have been designing for the last few years. And as I start to actually build those into models, workshops, modules, um, online lectures and things of that sort, videos, I want to give access to you guys. So I really appreciate all listeners. And of course, you're still going to have access to all the podcasts and all things video that's going to come from the land. But, um, yeah, this is just one way of kind of really me stepping towards the greater vision of this podcast so that it can help more people and reach more people as well. So I appreciate you guys understanding. If you've been digging weekly episodes, then um, I thank you. And I guess, geez, now this episode's coming out almost three weeks late. And that's just because of the whole story that I'm going to get into in regards to the last couple weeks on the land. But anyways, um, yeah, please... Do stick around for these summer episodes here as we kind of go a little bit sparse. I know you guys are probably out busy rewilding. If you're like me, you like to strap on a podcast every now and then and go for a stroll. But um, if you haven't, if you're just new to the show, go check out old episodes. Um, that said, though, we've got a lot of really good ones coming down the pipeline. Richard's going to be in here and we're going to do a complete guide to fasting, which sounds like, hey, Sean, it's 2020. Uh, there's many podcasts on the complete guide to fasting. Well, that is true, but we're going to, uh, I hate saying rewild it because it's just, uh, we're going to put that nature connection flavor to it, that rewilding flavor to it, but also uh, Richard and I's philosophical and scientific and our practical experience helping patients and clients um, with fasting. Richard has helped me in the past with a fasting protocol, and I'm sure we'll touch base on that. So that episode is going to be a lengthy one. It might even be a multiple part series. Um but yeah, really looking forward to putting that one out here over the summer months. Also going to be talking about flow states very soon. Going to be talking about regenerative 
agriculture and how to regenerate soil. We're going to actually probably do a multi-part series there as well with my friends uh, Drake and Sarah from Three Ridges Farm. Um, we're going to have Chris Masterjohn on the show to discuss all things, the history of supplementation and ancestral health, biochemical individuality. And we're going to talk about his new book um, as soon as he's done a lot of the research he's doing right now for uh, the coronavirus pandemic. Um, what else we got coming? Breathwork, meditating in nature. Um, we have Dr. Dwayne Jackson coming on to talk about science literacy. What is a random control trial? Um, biohacking and how we can change our environment to benefit our biology. Um, what else? Oh yeah, my biography. So I'm going to be getting to that episode sometime soon. Um, and that is just going to kind of a spiel as to, yeah, where I'm at in my life. I think it's an interesting, uh, I'm at an interesting intersect here as we all are, as things kind of transition into something new. I'm definitely, I've been there for a couple of years as I've spoken about in the past, the void, um, the pilgrimage that I've been on. So yeah, we're going to dive into what exactly I've been kind of beating around the bush to be quite honest with. So anywho, all really cool things coming up. Um, Let's talk about my research here after a sip of coffee. Delicious coffee. Actually, a uh, shout out to these guys here. Found them up whilst on the land. Uh, Matawaska Valley Coffee Roasters. Shout out to you guys. Not an official sponsor of the show. Maybe they'd like to be though. I don't know. I could use a coffee sponsor. But anyways, definitely good coffee. In fact, maple flavored coffee. Not one to go flavored coffees, but Canada Day you know, recently feeling just why not try some maple coffee, maple syrup in your coffee. That is a thing. If you're the international listener, get yourself some high quality Canadian maple syrup and put that in your coffee and drink it. Delish. Anyway, segue over into the next part of today. And that is, well, <clears throat> I already mentioned my research and whatnot, but learning the land. Um, my training is not done, I feel like, and I've just mentioned the pilgrimage I've been on, which was basically in part a uh, reconnecting with nature in such a way where I was reconnecting with myself, my past, parts of my shadow, and able to uh, sit in the woods rather than try to get out of the woods, so to speak, and deal with my shit. And yeah, through that, learning of the land, actually, um, through hunting, through trying to procure my own food, fish, garden, and whatnot, and live more off the land than I ever have in my life, to live more in line with the seasons and the elements, and listen more than I ever have in my whole life. And I realized that with this land up north that I've purchased here, part of the Canadian Shield, quite rugged, um, one of the highest peaks, one of the highest hills. It's technically 175 meters short of being considered a mountain. So it's elevation wise around 100, 425 meters. And that's whatever that is in feet for you folks. Um, but anyways, yeah, meters, it's, we're living in a global world economy here. I feel like given the, uh, the given the unrest in the United States, I feel like one thing they should just do is like, okay, yeah, we're just gonna get on the same page with everybody rather than just stick with this whole like feet stuff. I mean, I use feet, I, mind you, being from Southern Ontario, I'm familiar with feet and Fahrenheit and all your crazy weird measurements, but let's, it's 2020, might as well just make that change while we're, while we're at things. But anyways, digression. Um, so what I want to do is educate myself with this land because this land, as, as I just mentioned, is part of the Canadian Shield and it is part of a mountain, as I'll call it. Um, it's It's quite rugged and it's just... It's wild. It's not, um, it's not farm fields, Carolinian forests that I grew up and am used to. It's not as, it's not a trail. There's not trails, um, cut from my father, like when purchasing property and, and, and my uncle for, uh, managing a deer habitat. Like uh, it's not one of these forests that I can see through and I could never get lost in. Right. And I'm used to that. And this is not that. In fact, given the way my mind can so easily wander and when listening in the forest, um, my brother's comments sometimes when walking in the forest, like, how are you getting turned around right now? Because again, there's no trails cut. So without um, marking my way, my, my imagination will just, uh, it just runs wild. And it's uh, not the place you want that to happen. So obviously I have to kind of step out of that, those, uh, that lens anyways, and 
put my uh, survival hat on and actually learn this land physically, um, and then not to mention energetically and connecting with it on that different level that I really do enjoy. And I think that um, it will help this land specifically being so wild. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that interacts with people on a healing level and how that interacts with individuals in regards to um, reconnecting with parts of themselves. I think that given the wildness of it, I there's a, I think a capacity to go deeper anyways. And I mean, this now that's personal opinion in the literature. Yes. We're looking at the quality and quantity, the dose basically of nature is dependent on its there. It will depend or will determine rather its therapeutic benefit for the individual. So, I mean, it's just an interesting, um, just an interesting land given, um, given this, given the wildness and yeah, what I guess I intend to do. So trying to listen and see what that is, is, is kind of part of the process for me. It's not something like, aha, I've read these books and I have this experience. So I'm going to go and do this here. Um, people ask, have been asking me at least, um, you know, what do you see? Do you see yourself working with people on this land? And it's yes, how I don't, I didn't quite know yet. And obviously, um, it's been many, many years of developing a curriculum for working with health coaches and leaders in their own right. Um, leaders being, you know, whether you're CEO, entrepreneur, uh, a mom, single mom of three, these are the types of people that um, are all looking to become leaders in some sort or some capacity in their lives. And I feel like through working with nature, specifically this piece of nature, um, Great things can happen, but you have to work again with nature. It's not this coming in because um, again, there's there's methods of forest therapy, and, and in regards to my studies and my research, yes, I'm very much focused on the um, ANFT or the gift models, which are very similar in how they go about forest therapy, um, and that's where my research will focus most likely on the ANFT model. Um, so that's the Association for Nature and Forest Therapists, and their model, yeah, it's quite biomedical in a sense, right? Um, but that doesn't mean that that's the way I will work with people on this land once I have a center set up. So anyways, long way of saying that, yeah, I'm just so excited to be learning and listening on the land right now. Um, and as I've kind of just alluded to, I do want to formally announce that, yeah, the way I see individuals now after everything kind of crystallizing here a month into being on this land, especially over the last couple of weeks, I mean, it's it's quite clear um, the, which I've said before, is the online and on land programming that is going to basically come to you guys or whoever, I guess, is interested. Um, so yeah, me working one-on-one -on -one with individuals with small groups is definitely going to be a thing, but then to a greater curriculum as far as online uh, programming in regards to how we can connect with nature, how we can connect with the elements that we are. So practical, theoretical, how to work with the elements as medicine, how to work with the cycles of nature and the seasons as medicine, right? So um, pulling in all things that I've studied over the years, whether it be, you know, from traditional Chinese medicine, um, Ayurveda, naturopathic medicine, a full integrative health, uh, you know, repertoire or not repertoire, but rather things that I've studied or books that I have on my shelf um, is kind of where I've been designing this for many, many years. Obviously, my training as a health coach, um, as a Czech health coach specifically, there is a model there um, that I've kind of adopted and used prior when working with clients for about um, five or six years, I guess. So bringing all that stuff in, of course, with all of my training in motivational interviewing and life coaching. And then of course, on the other side of things with shamanic practitioner, um, that's a term I, I use lightly. I don't necessarily know, but I would also refer to as the healing arts, essentially, and, and energy work, essentially, right? So, um, and letting the land more so do that aspect rather than not calling attention to myself as a shamanic practitioner, but the land itself, I believe, has that ability when connecting with it, one, through forest therapy, and two, um, with motivational interviewing and life coaching, right? So having the right question and going into a forest, um, great things can happen, right? So, and of course, through other earth-based spirituality um, practices, like coming together in ceremony, like coming together in um, council, and doing things like truth circles, um, 
all sorts of different practices. So anyways, long way of saying I'm excited to continue my training, um, you know, in, in regards to dis- to designing this programming, so living it myself, right? Which is, I mean, this weekend it was, um, or this week it was a great uh, opportunity to lift a bunch of rocks. And so I hand-selected, I have, I don't even know, maybe a thousand rocks that are a base of an old um, barn, essentially. And uh, they're still there. And so picking from like a thousand beautiful rocks, like black, red colors, blue colors, different colors throughout when you're actually looking at them. But that said, I didn't spend too much time being mesmerized by them. I um, basically was lifting them and setting them as a foundation and a nice little landscaping to the outhouse that my brothers have built for me. So um, if you want to check out a picture of that, check out my Instagram. And uh, yeah, there is a lovely picture of the most beautiful shitter on the land. No lie, that coffee is delicious. And uh, as I'm sipping on it there, I was actually just thinking how excited I am for this show and just my life, I guess, in general, to become just a little bit more Canadian and part of that Canadian shield and just interacting with the community up there. It's um, it's something I actually do cherish. And on this Canada Day, despite it being a different one, um, I mean, for me, I've always looked at it with a critical lens. It's been many years where I've acknowledged that Canada Day is celebrating essentially the takeover of this land um, from the First Nations people. So it's um, but that said, this year, I mean, everyone else is, is speaking about it, right? So anyways, that said, I do just from the a land standpoint and my connection to it, this land, Canada, or wherever you want to draw a border um, from here, from where I am in southwestern Ontario, as far as I've traveled by vehicle, I'm, I'm just in love with this land. So um, it's my home and I want to take care of it. And uh, yeah, anyways, long way of getting around to back to the social media segue, which I kind of unsegued out of. Can you do that? I guess I just did. Anyways, uh, boo to YouTube and Facebook. But I mean, you saw that one coming from me. Um, Do you know about this? Have you heard about this? YouTube and Facebook? I mean, let's let's just put Facebook aside and talk about YouTube. The censorship on YouTube, um, if you follow me on Instagram, which is really the only social media platform I use, I have time to. More friends of mine use it. Um, I get to see their their kids and their life, and that's kind of where I use it. Um, Facebook, I've been off that for some time. Came back on just for the purposes of this podcast, and basically my use of Facebook since the start has only ever been with in regards to any business that I've had or a project I've been a part of, so like a band or you know kombucha brewery or personal training practice. Um, using it to disseminate knowledge, but anymore I'm kind of done. I've been done with Facebook for a while. But I'm done, like done with YouTube because of the censorship in regards to specifically things on 5G um, and kind of floating an idea that uh, conspiracy theorists are saying that 5G is causing coronavirus. No one, no one's ever said that with half a brain. Every of these people that they're citing as saying that aren't saying that. They're not saying that that's, um, that's the issue. But anyways, that's an aside. I just don't think that's very cool. It's the equivalent of uh, book burning in my opinion it's digital book burning and uh it just poor science or or lack of science it's 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 a lack of acknowledgement that we don't really necessarily know the dangers quite yet there's plenty of evidence to say that it could be dangerous and 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 for for some more than others something that would uh, i think you know similar to say smoking and uh, we're seeing those type of tactics being done from a research standpoint um, within telecommunications as we are within, uh, or as we had seen with tobacco back in like the seventies and eighties with the way they would manipulate research by funding lots of research that would essentially support things like tobacco, not being smoking tobacco, not being that harmful for you anyways. Um, and that is very much the case despite, yes, I guess the paradox of me saying, yeah, I was, uh, I have this sacred tobacco, right? So but let's save that for another podcast, in fact, tobacco use. Um, with social media, it's going to be basically my Instagram channel, which I appreciate all you guys interacting with. I want to do more live Q&As on there, so I'm going to actually be doing a weekly weekly Q&A. Um, 
Once again, shows start up on a weekly basis. That's not going to be for some time, not in the summer months, but I do want to start doing that. It's always been a plan of mine. And throughout the pandemic, I started to dabble in that as kind of we all were um, kind of forced to be online interacting. So got a lot of kicks out of it, learned a little bit what I like, what I don't, what works, what doesn't. And uh, yeah, I'm going to try to make things a little bit more focused um, over there on Instagram with specific specifically the product that is this show um so please check me out over there at rewild my bio on instagram if you haven't um another spot that i am enjoying using again is twitter i realize twitter um is like the censorship uh like king and uh that said it's it's where i like to disseminate research it's where i like to pretend i'm an arm to be quite honest armchair politician sometimes you just a smirky comment like i i I'm happy to stand behind, like, you know, you post it, you walk away. I'm happy to stand behind it. It doesn't get too crazy, but sometimes you can like tweet certain political leaders or certain people and it's just like, they never read it. I don't know. Maybe I'm on some list somewhere, probably given all the things I talk about, but you know, I have a voice. I'm using them in those ways that those people are actually using them too. I mean, it's, to me, it's crazy that the president of the United States tweets things to other people and actually gets business done that way. But like, that's the whole world. Like is, you know, this is COVID 1984 without a doubt. (laughs) But anyways, um, so Twitter, I'm over there saying things like that on Twitter. Happy to interact with you guys there. So if you are on Twitter still knowing, I don't know if people are still on Twitter. I don't know a lot of my friends that are on Twitter research people um, that I follow and admire are. So again, a whole gamut of me from wacky one-liners to professional uh, contemplations and and philosophical questions and the sharing of and the dissemination of research and knowledge um, within health science. So check me out at Sean Slade, please and thank you. Um, Telegram. Oh yeah. Telegram is, um, I think it's worth, it's worth putting some effort into and I like it because it's more interactive as far as like, I feel like a one-on-one Instagram pictures, um, advertising. I mean, I think Instagram is just a full on advertising. I have to, you know, tons of sponsored ads and things like that. And that's, is how I use it as a marketing tool for this show. If you think that's not rewilding or not cool or whatever, I mean, that is, you have to market things somehow. And that's Instagram is, I think for that. So I feel like this telegram thing, and again, Twitter being more a little bit, uh, professional in the sense that sharing research and whatnot but telegram is more interactive on a personal level i feel and it's kind of like a message board or it is a message board and so i've started a channel over there and it's rewild my bio check it out follow along uh share what you will in regards to rewilding i kind of want to make it just a great thread uh for people that are into nature connection and rewilding and uh it's totally i want to make it like yours so it's there and let's use it and there's some other rewilding channels that are on there and following those too and uh interacting with folks and i think it's like a new untapped area and i like it because there's no censorship um actually it was david avocado wolf whose work i really don't follow but i had listened to uh the lifestylist podcast with luke story and he was on there and hadn't gotten any of his content honestly in probably a decade but he has land in uh, northern Ontario, which is actually close by, I'm assuming, given where I've, I have friends who are within his inner circle anyways. And it, I guess I, I gather the neck of the woods that he's in, and it's close by. So anyways, um, but a pioneer, despite me not consuming content, a pioneer within holistic health, um, spreading a good message. And he had a great episode on um, Luke Story's podcast on the lifestyles podcast so i'll actually link that in the show notes for you guys but anyways um he had mentioned telegram so i was like hmm what is this and then a few friends i uh, go to sweat lodge with are like yeah telegram bill gates isn't listening so i'm like oh cool telegram so there it is um that's the long story of how telegram started i hope i hope it to be um actually i'm glad it's here because i was looking for that way to interact more directly so not only through the instagram lives and questions and things like that um, that you guys can bring every week that I want to do on Instagram as well as this telegram thing this thread um, where we can share resources and stuff around rewilding and ideas I think that's really awesome and uh, other than that I do still want to get video out to you guys of these podcasts so 
as I mentioned, the first six months was working on audio, the video aspect. It's on its way, I guess. I just chatted with my audio video guy the other day and he kind of said, yeah, we can do that. No problem. So it's going to happen um, again when the show reconvenes at a more regular basis. Um, but yeah, I want to have video and it's not going to be on YouTube. I think Spotify, if I'm not mistaken, is doing uh, now with Joe Rogan switching over, which I think is interesting. Kind of just had probably had enough with the censorship at YouTube. That's my assumption. But anyways, going over to Spotify, moving everything over there. And I really enjoy listening to Spotify. Actually, lately been doing the, um, as Richard had suggested, the uh, Ram Dass podcast over there on Spotify. And I've been just diving into that lately. And I feel like it's just uh, a wonderful time of year in the summer, thinking of shining bright, full of love and light, and uh, just the teachings of Ram Dass and just love and kindness. And uh, yeah, so it's all just resonating right now. I've been never really got into Ram Dass um, reading. Him, any of his work, um, had, you know, known of his work, obviously, um, especially in regards to psychedelics, but uh, specifically with some of the teachings around love and kindness and just embodying that in just his story. I'm just totally, um, it's just the rabbit hole that I've been going down. So anyways, yeah, that's everything social media. Um, other than that, let's switch gears and get into my two weeks on the land. And yeah, it was uh, an awesome time. I got to spend a lot of time with, as I mentioned earlier, my uh, family. So my brother and his wife and their uh, newborn son, well, just about a year old now. And to be able to interact with somebody uh, kind of at the one year, at at the one year age, at the age of one year, it's just, um, I, yeah, I can't even, there's no words. I'm trying to think of the right things. A, a vision of him, uh, a picture I got or a video of his dad, my brother, catching a fish, um, a nice bass that I was able to uh, keep and it was delicious. So thank you to my brother for giving me that fish because I needed it when you hear the rest of the story about me being stranded out there. But um, anyways, he uh, holds the fish up to his son and, and yeah, my nephew's reaching out and he's just pokes the thing right in the eye, right? And it's just like um, the look on his face, he was just thought it was the coolest thing. So they've got him strapped to him there and fishing. And it was just, just like priceless uh, moments without a doubt. The cool thing about the land or the paradox about me choosing this piece of land is that there's zero, and I mean zero, no cell service at all. And it's just kind of, it makes me think of the, the slogan for the area, um, it's the heartbeat of nature and it's just literally nestled in. And I mean, the, uh, what, 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 what I'm drawn to about this place is just the deep wilderness of it. And, uh, I really feel like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great given that it just keeps me right connected, um, with the earth disconnected from all things technology. Right. Um, and in fact, there is a cell tower that, I mean, I can see from, my property, I'm up on a hill. So, I mean, it's not that the cell service isn't there. It's just that it's nestled in and the rocks and the area are so magnetic that my theory is right now, and I'm actually going to look into getting Stephen Collette out there to do actually some readings in that on different levels of hills and testing for EMS because the theory from some of the locals that I've chatted with is that, yeah, it's like the magnetism is kind of keeping the cell service out anyway. So it's quite interesting and I want to actually kind of test that of course right so um but yeah, anyway so i very little posting while i'm up there i realized that doesn't work i did say um at a recent post that i was wanting to not post while being up there because i did want to learn with it now after this couple weeks and just given how connected i got being stranded out there um i was i'm able anyways now to realize okay i've got to figure out a way to to disseminate this to package it and send it out via social media and, and all things podcasts. So yeah, a lot more uh, intros with me kind of giving lessons from the land or whatever experience, my experience from the land. Cause uh, yeah, they're wacky and wild without a doubt. So um, what did I do this last couple of weeks? Well, my brother and I were up there to put the finishing touches on that outhouse. Um, beautiful cedar outhouse. I just grateful for their gift to me um, building it. And um yeah, I mean, it's never, 
never a dull moment out there. It's always hard work. Um, It's not that it's hard, like as in that it has to be hard. It's physically demanding work. And, um, but you do it with this, um, this reverence almost, right. And, and being out there working with my brothers, it's just like, it's just lighthearted, great times. And which is good when you're out there with brothers, right. Cause it's easy to get into tiffs too. Not saying that doesn't happen, but at the same time, there's just this energy of like coming together for this land and, and doing it in a way with, again, with much reverence and, um, yeah, I'm just super grateful for that whole opportunity. Um, also Bon Echo Provincial Park, shout out to you people, people there shout out to um the land shout out to the first nations and indigenous people who revered that bon echo rock as sacred because um knowing very little about it coming into it which was an, an a wonderful thing because i was able to come in with a um, openness or a, like listening and a trying to feel into a felt awareness of the space and looking at this cliff that's hundreds of feet high um and just feeling its presence, it reminded me of many mountains I've seen in the past in the Sacred Valley in Peru. One really came to mind. It's just this energy of, yeah, this is a sacred, a sacred space. Um, and just, wow, I'm actually just thinking of it now and it kind of takes you there again and it's wonderful. So, uh, there'll be more adventures to come from there. I, I, I just, I'm overwhelmed. I'm excited to see some of the backcountry trails in that. Um, and it's just a lovely area. Other than that, let's get to the fun stuff about my story. And that is, well, one, my Jeep died. And that's, that's not that, that is what that that is. It kept me there for an extra geez, like four days, given the the holiday being on the Wednesday and whatnot, um, all over a simple battery, which no one could seem to pinpoint anyways on the land, which sounds kind of silly, but literally in the middle of the middle of nowhere, it's uh, hard to get these things, especially over weekends and and things like that. So there was towing involved and me without a vehicle. So luckily have water and a cooler and food. And, you know, I was fine, did some fasting, kind of forced into this little mini vision quest, if you will, and communion with the land, which it was all meant to be. And it's, it wasn't a bad place to be stranded. I wasn't upset. Um, but I got to interact with a black bear cub that was just, you know, frequenting about 40 yards behind my tent, um, seems to be without a mother. And, uh, anyways, also have pictures on trail cam. So that was cool. Cause I hadn't until that point seen any sign of, uh, a bear anyway. So, um, there, this little guy was, seems to be a, a curious and kind of dumb little fellow in the sense that he doesn't really realize where humans are yet. Um, but I think, um, he's young enough that he's just kind of nosing around seeing what's, what's up. But I, I understand that I'm coming to this land after kind of not really being habitated for at least five years with the previous owner trails really overgrown and things. So me opening up trails gives these guys a new nice path to walk along and, um, yeah, there, there, this one was so really excited about that. Now that said, when you see a cub bear, so this is a one-year-old bear, you look around for mama bear. And mama bear was nowhere to be found, and she wasn't on my trail camera, which I had checked. Anyways, one of these days where I'm without vehicle, um, I'm walking into the bush, and for whatever reason, I was called to say, give out a call. So I yelled, yo, yo, on the second yo, off dashes this black bear cub at about 15, 20 yards from me crashing off into the bush. And so at that point I kind of just stopped scanned. I'm like, okay, there's a little one running away. Good. Where's mom. Right. And, uh, mom nowhere to be found. So I'm like, all right, well I'm right on the edge of the bush again, 30 yards from my tent. So I'm like, okay, let's go back the other way and just figure this out. And so go up there. I'm like, oh, that was cool. You know, called one of my brothers um, that wasn't working and just told him the story. I'm like, oh, sweet. There's one there. Awesome. So anyways, that said, I was going out there to check cameras and just go for a, a walk, right? This time without my uh, weed whacker, which was I was using to cut trail. So this time I was going out just to mark mark the way. And uh, so I'm like, well, I might as well get my, my bear spray out. And so I, up to this point, I have never actually shot a bear spray. So I thought, might as well test this thing out. I pull the safety off, press the trigger, and those things really thump. They kind of let off a good, right? So it's an aerosol can with essentially pepper spray in it. 
and it kicks about 10 feet. I'm like, wow, that's powerful. And anyways, have that on my hip, go for the walk, do, do my thing, come back to camp. Fast forward later on that night, this is my last night in camp. And I'm looking to the west and I say, wow, what a beautiful sunset. And I have to walk to the end of my driveway, which is quite far. And then down the road, a few hundred feet, and I'm at the very high point of this hill. And you look out over um, west towards the Bancroft area. If you're in Ontario, you know, I guess, situated where I'm at. But anyways, you're looking west and you just see the most beautiful hills, multiple hills, probably like seven, eight different like peaks of hills, just given how high up you are. And then the sunsets behind that. So anyways, beautiful, worth the walk, worth the mosquitoes. You just put the bug net on, you go. And it's beautiful. However, that night I'm wearing sweatpants, no boxer shorts. And I guess at this point, I should let you know that my description of it might get graphic for comedic purposes. Anyways, so with that, with that said, I put my bear spray in my pocket along with a few other knickknacks that I wanted for the walk. And I bend over to pick something else up and it kicks and goes off. I stand up and kind of immediately entered like this flow state of you have to get shit done. You have to perform first aid quick. And luckily I have training in first aid, um, having a job in the past as an industrial security and fire guard um, and being on many different first responder calls. Also having a brother I spoke of earlier um, that I called who is a uh, paramedic first responder. And uh, so with within seconds, I, everything just slows right down, right? When you enter this flow state and it's just what needs to be done, you stay calm. So instantly I run to a 10 liter bottle of water, which I luckily had not even tapped yet and actually walked down to the store to buy earlier that day just to keep on the land for the next time I come up. Anyways, I realize, oh shit. I, so anyways, where I sprayed myself is basically the left side of my testicles and inner thigh, luckily staying away from my bum hole. Now, <laughs> during this, I realized during this whole thing, there was that little voice in the back of my head saying, you're going to be okay. Um, but this is going to hurt like hell. And the part of something that got me through it was just saying, think of how funny this will be to tell your friends. Think about how funny this will be to share on the podcast. And it was actually this moment where I realized there's all these intricate things, whether they be funny, whether they be like hard lessons I learned out there, I realized these experiences are unique in this day and age, especially when you're someone who has never fired bear spray until that day. Um, and then to shoot yourself in your junk, it's like, oh man, this is a, this is a rich, rich story here. So anyways, what ensued after the spraying is really the comical piece. At least if you actually were like a little bird on a tree, luckily I'm, you know, on the side, on a side of a mountain and neighbors aren't around or could really see anyways, if they were around. So I stripped completely naked with just my bug nets and shirt still on at that point, upper body's fine. So anyways, strip down, I run and grab this 10 liter jug of water and pop the top, start pouring on the important area. At, the, at this point, important area being my genitals and my inner thighs were also sprayed. So what actually happened, it kind of hit me above my genitals, pubic region, sprayed downwards, left side, but also everywhere, okay? Not like it really matters where, but I'm just trying to give, for gentlemen out there, you're probably like, and even if you're not a man, if you're a woman, you probably still don't want this stuff anywhere on your genitals or your inner thighs or your bum hole. So this happened, I'm naked, and it kind of looks like, because before I shot it into the air, didn't really see the color. It basically looks like I've been painted with like a turmeric and cayenne pepper paint, all there. So I'm like, oh no, grab the water, pour my genitals. It's washing off there. Great. I'm like, okay, okay. Pain's not setting in there yet. Pain starts to set in, in the inner thighs. Cause I haven't taken care of that yet. Still not really worried about that. I'm thinking I only have so much water here. I need to focus on this area. So as it's running off my genitals, it's running down my legs, right down into my feet. So what I'm like, what else can I do? Oh no. Oh no. Call my brother. He's a paramedic. What can I do? Right. Not like he can help me. And here's the thing I mentioned earlier, zero cell service. This 
weekend or this week, couple weeks, I was getting more cell service on certain rocks. So you would know where to go stand up on high spots. So I'm literally naked holding a phone up in the air, trying to get cell service as I'm pouring water with my other hand, like, you know, to ask him, what can I do? Meanwhile, you know, I am my own healer. I know this. I know what to do. It was more so just hearing his voice. And of course his laughter, which <laughs> he's like, man, I can't believe you've done, you did this. He's, he's out fishing with a friend and he's like, and they're both paramedics. So both like floating ideas and, you know, I'm getting texts back when they would come through and basically I'm on my own. He's like, well, their advice is to obviously call the paramedics. I can't call a paramedic. What are they going to do for me anyways, right? Uh, I'm thinking to myself, my neighbor has a well, which he invited me to use, but I don't want to walk over to my neighbor's well and just be hand pumping a well, dumping water on my, my genitals as I'm naked on his property. I didn't even know if he was over there. Seeing it was Canada Day, maybe he wasn't down. Anyways, um, I'm thinking in my head, I could go down to the lake, but if I went down to the lake, I'd lose about a four, three, four minute drive of... Um, being able to actually tend to my stuff. And at that point, 30 seconds out of the water and I'm burning, burning everywhere. So anyways, what I decided to do, had a cooler with about a half block of ice and a bag of ice, a lot of good cooler water, clean cooler water, clean enough, you know. And at this point, it didn't matter if it was clean or not. And I basically uh, was able to get one of those blue uh, tin or, yeah, I guess they're tin, uh, blue mugs, camping mugs and ice water. And I think, yeah, posted one of those pictures on Instagram story. Um, cause I, this is just hilarious. And, uh, at that point, yeah, it's sun's going down, right? So mosquitoes are a thing in the Canadian shield in July. And, uh, luckily, I mean, I had a thermosil, turned that on, kept that nearby, but they weren't really coming after me, but, uh, and thank goodness too. And I don't even, they probably were, and I'm just paying for it now and I don't realize it, but, uh, oh my gosh, I sat there in a plank position. I held the longest plank with my junk in this mug of <laughs> cold ice water. And thank goodness, um, I practice cold plunges and cold thermogenesis because, um, yeah, I was probably submerged for a solid 10 minutes and in, in no worries, right? Like definite shrinkage, definite, uh, yeah, other things. And I'll let your imagination go from there. But, um, these are the moments folks that, uh, rewilding, I think, is for me. This is my, yeah, this is part of my crazy biography and I'm, I'm excited to share it with you guys here on this one. Um, but holy fuck, that was just, uh, something you don't want to have to go through. Not one bit, not one bit at all. <laughs> so I don't have any segues to, uh, to, to end that one with just that, uh, keep your safety on your bear spray. Lesson learned, obviously treat it like a gun. Cause it is my gun safety is on point. Um, you know, it's important for me, weapons and things like that. This is a weapon, this thing. Holy heck. Cause like pepper spray is not legal in Canada for people to carry, which is, that's Canada, I guess for you. But anyways, this stuff is just, yeah, it's pepper spray. And I mean, it's powerful stuff. You can't conceal it like say pepper spray in the sense, like if you're someone who would want to like hold, hold this on your person for safety reason, but, uh, Oh my gosh, that stuff is powerful. A powerful weapon. In fact, it makes me not want to have to ever shoot a bear with that stuff. It kind of made me think all about the whole idea of it in the first place anyways, and how it kind of acts as like this false safety for, uh, you know, walking out into the woods. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's better to, I think, interact with nature as I often like to do anyway. So yeah, it was horrible. I was in pain for a solid two hours. I think I even poured some San Pellegrino on there. I don't know. I thought maybe sodium bicarbonate would have some type of an effect, but uh, yeah. Anyways, no segue. Let's talk about my last issue on the sticky note here. I don't know why I never use sticky notes, but I have sticky notes today, so I thought I'd use them. Um, let's talk about Hotep Jesus, a YouTube video that I want to plug as... <laughs> not necessarily passing the buck because I could spend a lot of time talking on this specific subject, but I'm not going to dive into it too much because um, essentially I think Hotep Jesus, he has a lot more authority in this regard. Um, he has a podcast called Hotep Been Told You and 
he has actually been on Joe Rogan and I was turned on to this gentleman from um, a friend and he said, you have to watch this video. It's called Minneapolis, a four-step plan on how to fix the riots forever. And he comes at you with some real knowledge and real wisdom actually in everything. So I checked out the Joe Rogan when I had, you know, typed him up, saw where he's at, entrepreneur, um, and just a wise individual. He's a whole individual and he's talking some knowledge and he was there on Rogan and it was a great episode and um, put that one in the show notes as well. Cause I think you get a good into this guy and what he's doing, but specifically he has this four step um, program and he's saying that essentially this stuff happens every four years, these types of protests and riots specifically on black lives matter movement. And um, he's zooming out in such a way that I, it really resonates with me. And I was looking for that somewhat make me feel good. I need to put some things into perspective, hence my silence over the last few weeks. And this guy supplied that. Like, I feel like right when the pandemic hit, there was Charles Eisenstein's The Coronation uh, essay, which again, I'll link that here in the show notes. And that really allowed me to uh, situate some things that I've been stewing on, feeling, thinking, reading, all that stuff. And this specific video here, a four-step plan on how to fix the riots forever, is just that in regards to the protests. I, I think that what we're doing is zooming out here and looking at the fact that as Hotep would put it, that the, the powerful people are looking to divide and conquer yet again to keep overall control. So it's it's the same thing I've been speaking about in regards to this lockdown and the acquisition of control over society and our rights and freedoms and us giving those up during times where we are fearful, right? So that's happened and we know throughout human history that in within political science, we see this happen as almost like a recipe, right? So they use these moments to hold power. And if you've listened to many of the episodes of intros and discussions and, and uh, that I've done in the past, you know what I'm saying. So anyways, where was I going with that? Um, yeah, it's being political. He also mentions Antifa, which is the anti-fascist uh, group, which is essentially, um, he calls attention to George Soros and him his funding of the Black Lives Matter movement. And just looking at tracing money, which again is, is I think, a very important thing in capitalism in this day and age when you're looking at influence and control and power and, and all things like that, all right? Um, so anyways, um, yeah, like I'm just like, yeah, I could, I could comment more and more on like things that I've seen with Donald Trump, you know, tear gassing a, cr- a crowd of peaceful protesters to take a picture of him holding a Bible in front of a church that he's probably never been to or the book he's never read, but I digress, right? And it's, so it's fascist, I get, I get that this, this fascist movement is, is angry and has, has um, reason to be upset because that kind of picture does nothing more than incite, um, you know, fear within followers and, and kind of rallies the supporters, right? And that's like classic fascism. Again, another um, thing well studied in political science and looking back at, you know, Things like, I, I, I don't like to compare to Hitler because I think that's different context, but it's again, fascism, that was fascism. There's things that fascists do, like they, taking such pictures. That is worth us saying, whoa, that's really, that's really happening. And, and in this day and age, it's harder for, you know, there's civil journalists everywhere, civilian journalists everywhere, taking pictures, taking videos, documenting this stuff. So hard to know what to believe. Yes, but... Um, that's why I'm so excited about having this platform and alternative media out there supplying alternative viewpoints right now and uh, really calling attention to the systemic oppression that's in so many facets of life, racism, uh, environmental destruction, systemic disease that's, you know, structural in the way that the Western society is put together, right? And given the pause on the economy, it's yet another, again, I've said this before, but a great time to see how do we want to come back online? Where can we spend money to fix the holes in the society, right? The amount of money that's being given out to Americans, to Canadians, billions of dollars. If we were to, you know, put billions of dollars into fixing holistic or to, you know, fixing healthcare and making it more holistic, to educating children how to take care of themselves, you know, fixing soils, things like that. I mean, these are the, these, 
these are important things and we could be spending money on that and make huge changes in, in a great way. So anyways, I feel like it's my, I have to do my due diligence. I wouldn't have this podcast. I wouldn't uh, not say something here. I have lived a privileged life and, you know, the air quotes, American dream. Um, I've benefited well from the current system, but I realize it comes at cost when it continues to perpetuate as it does comes at cost at marginalized groups in many different areas. Indigenous Lives Matter here in Canada is a strong movement, um, all different facets, people of color. But again, I, I really want to throw it back to Hotep's video because he is actually speaking towards the black community specifically, not people of color. And he's got a really important message because within each of those groups, um, marginalization happens in different ways and still is systemic in culture. So anyways, I do realize that, yeah, we have to um, give up some comforts in order for the greater good for the whole. And I've been one, uh, you know, happy. I've been saying that for years, happy to continue to do that. And right now is the time to do that. And so, again, using my voice in this platform for that. So I appreciate you guys. If you share, if you feel the same, uh, let me know. And uh, I really do think it is the time for us to ask questions and acknowledge privilege, um, right? And, and at the same time, celebrate that. It's not something to be... Uh, made 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 out to be the devil it's 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 good it, it's it is what it is we have to just from here see where we want to go right so and that said it is important time to see i think where specifically the united states wants to go because i mean this whole two-party system thing and how you often hear like yeah it was built on this two-party system and blah 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 but you know it was also built on slavery and the idea to me anyways as an outsider from america right now looking at what's going on there and not to get too political, but getting political, I realize I don't think it's another party or another candidate's going to fix this type of stuff or it's the, ha the handling of one party. Everyone in the world is is still upset about um, being locked in their houses for, for months on end and still having that happen, right? And, and centuries of slavery, right? So it's not going to just be the other side that's always been there that's going to fix it. I mean, I'm thinking Democrats control. I'm thinking of like... Uh, President Obama's, uh, you know, whole system of tracking people, Edward, the whole Edward Snowden thing and what we, what he came out with the, and everything like that and um, how he's made out to be a terrorist by Obama, you know, but meanwhile, the guy's, in my opinion, a hero letting us know how, or not us, because I'm not American, but I'm sure we get tracked similarly, right? So yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's just going to be another party system. I think it's a time to come together and talk about change on many different levels. And uh, I don't feel like social justice needs to come from socialism. And I think we're hearing a lot about uh, those types of ideas as being an alternative to just everything now. And uh, yeah, anyways. And did you see that? Kanye West, he's going to throw his hat in the uh, ring. He's going to be... He's going to get in the uh, running for president. So who knows? Such crazy times that I hate to just throw out the I don't knows. Um, but you know what? To to even be able to pretend that something's black or white right now is just difficult. And everything's just shades of gray. And uh, yeah, waiting to exhale over here on the podcast. So I hope you guys can appreciate the fact that I'm making some changes to scheduling. Going to follow my... Uh, follow my heart and put my head down and, and do some research and some studying. So I hope this will be beneficial. Actually, I know this will be beneficial and I'm looking forward to being able to share uh, here through this channel continually. So yeah, please stick around for all those amazing episodes that are coming up down the pipeline. So uh, we've got one on gut rewilding that will be out uh, next week. So talking all about the microbiome uh, with Dr. Kim Bretz and Dr. Richard Vixinic. So great episodes to come. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, stay wild. Thank you for listening to the Rewild My Bio podcast. Please subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this episode. I would greatly appreciate it if you shared the show with your friends, if of course you think they would like it. You can also visit rewildmybio.com to download previous episodes and sign up for the newsletter. 
In the newsletter, I share blogs and bonus content from my health promotion research, along with practical tips to help you rewild in a modern world. Please follow along on Instagram and Facebook at RewildMyBio and on Twitter at Sean Slade. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, stay wild.